Hello everyone and today I'm very pleased to welcome the British Ambassador to Luxembourg, John Marshall, who's going to talk to us about his new book which is all about the links between Luxembourg and the UK. John, so lovely to have you at RTL again. Welcome. Thanks Lisa, it's a pleasure to be here. So, I want to talk about how you got into finding these links. I know we've done a couple of videos on it in the past, and now you've added to your collection. So just to refresh the minds of those who may not know about the Lux UK links, which you have developed in your time here in Luxembourg, which is about four and a half years so far. How did you get into finding this in the first place? Well, the project started on social media, on Twitter, and the book is hashtag Lux UK links. And it began with me essentially tweeting out on a regular basis links that I discovered or already knew between the UK and, and Luxembourg. I have a sort of an official Twitter presence. All British ambassadors are encouraged to be active on Twitter. And we tweet out on policy. But we're also encouraged to sort of tweet out on broader things. History is something that's always interested me. I've always wanted to sort of delve deeper into the country, to the history of the country in which I'm living and the links between that country's history and and our own. You're also a very keen runner. So I'm a very keen uh, keen runner too. So that is also something I regularly tweet about and done a few projects since my time here, running around the country, running the length of the Moselle, and currently I'm um, focused on trying to run or walk all 201 of the blue flag routes, these sort of circular routes that the Ministry of Economy has mapped out. When it comes to finding the links mm. between Luxembourg and the UK, how do you find them? Do you happen upon them or do you do your own research too? So, I mean, some of the links in the book are just, you know, well known. Others are links that I have come across in reading books on on history. I should say that Lux UK Links isn't just about historical links, it's about contemporary links, about the links between the communities, about links in, in art and film and other aspects of culture. But, I mean, I did a lot of research online. I have done a little bit of research in the archives, both here in Luxembourg, but also I spent a day at the National Archives at Kew. Some of the links have come from people just being aware of the project and telling me about things that they know. And that's been one of the real fun aspects of the project, discovering things which perhaps aren't written in any book but they're in people's memories and people's own experiences. I've tried to make these links better known through Lux UK Links. I've seen a copy of the book. Could you tell us and our audience the different sections you have in it? Maybe I should sort of take a little step back, first of all. The project started off as a project on social media with me tweeting, which is great, but, you know, the Twitter audience in Luxembourg isn't huge. And so I decided that it would be good to present the material that I was tweeting in a different form. And the first idea that we had was to produce an exhibition, a sort of travelling exhibition on pull-up banners. And so about 60 of these tweets, these links, were featured in this exhibition, which then over a period of 12 months, and this was launched in spring 2017, over a period of 12 months was shown in a whole variety of communes and schools and a few museums in Luxembourg. And then the following spring, we launched a book version because people were saying, well, having an exhibition is great, but at the end of the day, the exhibition gets sort of taken down and, and put in the cellar and, you know, it's not 
not visible. So we launched a book, which had a few more tweets. The first book just had 75, so 15 more than the exhibition. And we launched that in spring 2018. And the new book is a much bigger book because it has twice as many tweets, twice as many links, 150. And it begins with a chapter on arts and culture, begins actually talking about Radio Luxembourg, which, as I say in the book, is probably the first time I, as a child, heard the word Luxembourg. And then it goes through different periods in history, from early history, then there's a section on the 19th century, on the First World War, on the Second World War. There's a section on the links between our two royal families, on the links between the countries at the level of diplomatic relations. And there is also a chapter on, on sporting links. And when it comes to finding these links and tweeting about them, do you find it a little bit sad that perhaps due to Brexit there will be a diminishing in these links? Or do you feel that won't be the case at all? I don't think that will be the case at all, no. The book shows the links between our two countries over a couple of thousand years and the 47 years we've been in the European Union is but a small part of that history. And there will be a rich shared history in the future as well. Of that, I'm absolutely confident. As I say, my introduction to the book, I mean, I see Lux UK links this book as a sort of a celebration, really, of the links between the UK and Luxembourg. It's funny when you mention uh, the links going back a couple of thousand years, I was just thinking in my mind the changing border of Luxembourg in the, that time, because Luxembourg, as we know it today, wasn't always this shape or size. No, absolutely. And so there are links between Luxembourg and the UK, which actually relate to when Luxembourg was larger. So, for example, there is this wonderful Roman column in Eagle, which is now in Germany. There's a very famous painting of it or drawing of it by a British artist, which dates back to a time when Eagle was actually part of Luxembourg. And so that is included. Can you give us some examples of the most interesting, most surprising things you've found? In the book, there really is something for everyone. As I say, there's quite a lot of history, but a lot of contemporary links as well. One of my favourite wartime links is the fact that it was young Luxembourgers, Enrolé Forcé, young Luxembourgers forcibly conscripted into the German army, who fed back information about what was going on at a German research facility at Penemund on the Baltic coast, which was where the Germans were developing the V1 and V2 rocket programmes. And this information was fed back through Luxembourg resistance movements and onto British intelligence and led to the RAF bombing Penemunda and delaying the development of that programme. But then there are links relating to, for example, the fact that the very first scheduled air services between or from Luxembourg or to Luxembourg were to the UK. And these were to two airports that no longer exist. It was the airfield at uh, Esch-sur-Alzette. And in London, it wasn't Heathrow or Gatwick, but it was London Croydon, which was the destination or the starting point of, of the flights. And the flights existed because of Radio Luxembourg. And then the book covers sporting links. The golf course here, Golf Club Grand Ducal, the course was designed by a British person through to links with the, the royal families and the fact that it was Britain, which was the first country to recognise Grand Duchess Charlotte, 
after the sort of constitutional crisis, if I can call it that, in 1919. We were the first to recognise Grand Duchess Charlotte almost by accident. Just uh, explain that a bit further for us. So, obviously, there was a referendum that was held on the future of the monarchy in the Grand Duchy. And leading up to the referendum, there were different views within Luxembourg and within the international community on what the best outcome should be. And there were some who were arguing that uh, the referendum should be delayed until the international community as such had reached its own conclusion. But the Luxembourg authorities were keen to press ahead, naturally, and for the Luxembourg people to have their say. Anyway, it seems that we had given undertakings to both the Belgian and the French authorities that we would not formally recognise Grand Duchess Charlotte without first informing them. And... Uh, I think we forgot <laughs> in respect to the French and we were under the impressions that the Belgians had already formally recognised her. And so by attending her wedding, I think it was, effectively, we gave that, that recognition, jumping the gun, I think, as far as the, uh, the Belgians and the, and the French at the time may have thought. I'm sure there were a few little uh, ripples outwards from that point. Absolutely. Th thank you for regaling that story. Just going back to the birth of all of this, you mentioned it's from Twitter. You were tweeting various links that you found and you discovered and you researched or you ran through. You also mentioned that Twitter isn't alive and kicking in this country compared to other countries. How have you found that within your role as ambassador? Because for political conversation, Twitter is highly used in other countries. Well, I think in Luxembourg, amongst political actors and amongst journalists, Twitter is actually quite quite popular. Perhaps less so in the, the broader public. And there, you know, often depending on the age group, Facebook or Instagram are more popular. For me, Twitter here has the value, but I think colleagues in other parts of the world find it even more useful. I think it was my colleague in Cairo who managed to get over one million followers on Twitter, simply reflecting the size of the country and the fact that amongst the younger generation, Twitter there really was a key tool for sharing and accessing information. And we're coming to the end of your stay here in Luxembourg. Very sadly, sadly very are, sadly, yeah. you've been here about four and a half years and... Next spring, perhaps, uh, it'll be back to London, perhaps. Who knows? Who knows what the future brings for any of us? How has your time been here? It's been wonderful. I've enjoyed it very much. Uh, my posting here was for four years with the option of, of an additional year to make it five. And I wanted to do that. It's been fascinating from a professional point of view. It's been very rewarding from a personal point of view as well. Still six months. I'm not really focused on leaving just at the moment. I think perhaps once we get into January, it'll seem much closer. I've um, really appreciated having the opportunity to live and to work here. And you've delved into the language. How's that been going? Certainly my first few years, I was quite an industrious student. I had a very good teacher who sadly passed away last year. And since then, I haven't been having any sort of classes. And COVID perhaps was not great in the sense that I was no longer meeting many of the people with whom I was speaking in Luxembourgish. So I probably got a bit rusty as a result of COVID. But uh, I suppose on the positive side, it has meant that I've spent quite a lot of time uh, listening to Luxembourgish, the various press conferences, for example, the Prime Minister and Minister of Health have done on COVID, I tend to listen to in, in Luxembourgish. And so we're, 
my hearing might be improving, but my spoken Luxembourgish probably is deteriorating. But you do tweet in Luxembourgish very impressively. Yes, I think I've always been better at written rather than spoken languages. I think that might would, you know, my teachers at school probably would have said that as well. Well, don't worry, I won't be testing you because my Luxembourgish <laughs> is, is quite a lot weaker than yours. I am absolutely sure of that. You have, as you mentioned, lived through a very interesting time here in your role as ambassador. You, you've had to live through Brexit and Covid as well, both quite different. How have you managed your work through Covid when you couldn't meet people? So it's actually, you know, on one level, it's it's been very easy for for us as an embassy and really for our global network to work remotely because we have the IT that enables us to do that. On the other hand, in normal times, an ambassador does his or her work by basically being outside the embassy building and meeting people and going to events and engaging with people. And that's just stopped. So the rhythm of work is very different. But it's been possible, obviously, since May to, you know, have small numbers of people to to the house. So I'm very much using my residence as a platform for uh, small scale activity, lunches, things like that with important stakeholders. Perhaps you find you have a more engaging and personal conversation at that level. Yes, absolutely. But I think for me, face to face conversation is actually absolutely crucial in our work. Yes, you can have conversations by, by telephone, by video conference, that is always happen that will that will continue but nothing really replaces the human contact and so you know within the constraints I've been keen to do as much of that as possible obviously with appropriate (laughs) social distancing at at all times. Well it's a joy to have this book I'm sure for you in print and launching where can we buy it? Hopefully in bookshops around town yeah I'm sure that will be the case once this uh, once this goes live. And a a final word to our listeners about the book. Why should they go and buy it? Because there's nothing else like it. There is no book that tells you about the history between the UK and Luxembourg. You would have to source the information in this book from hundreds of other places. So it brings it all together. There's some great photographs. It's a lot more photographs than text. And it's a celebration. It's intended as a celebration of the links between the UK and Luxembourg. And I think that in itself is uh, something uh, worth investing a little bit of money in. Well, wonderful legacy of your time and your investment into this country, delving into so many links between the country you're representing here in Luxembourg. Long may that continue. Thank you so much for all of your dedication as ambassador here for the UK in Luxembourg. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Lisa. 